Amen. Good morning, church. It's good to be together again. Before we get into the Word and into our communion service today, just a quick announcement. I mentioned last week that we were considering reopening again for on-site services. We have decided to open as from the last Sunday of October, the 25th. So if you'd like to join us here, you can go to our website and register there, and uh, we can be together. Remember, we will be exercising social distance. Therefore, there will be a limit as to how many people we can put here in the hall. And uh, we still encourage you, if at all possible, continue to watch us online, okay? But if you want to come, we'll be starting from the 25th. Amen. Right, let's get into today's word. And my text today comes from Luke chapter 24 and verse 29, where we read, But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is towards evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to stay with them. The title of my message today is, the invitation. And as we get ready to take part of the Lord's table, I want to consider with you the most important invitation of our lives. To these guys that made this invitation, this was the most important invitation of their lives. And we'll find out why just now. But there are Important invitations that we make, important requests that we make in our lives. When a young man asks a young woman to be his bride, he is extending an invitation to her to spend the rest of their lives together as husband and wife. It is a serious and important invitation. It is huge. It will affect the quality of their lives for the rest of their days on earth. Yet, as important as that invitation is, it is not the most important invitation of your life. The text I read to you this morning comes from an account from an event that took place on Resurrection Sunday. Two friends were walking along a road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It is late afternoon, and the sun is going down, throwing shadows in the surrounding valleys. Another traveler approaches these two and joins them in their journey and joins in their conversation. There was nothing unusual or strange about this. Walking between towns and cities was common practice in those days. And travelers would often join one another and chat along the way, helping to pass the time and, and make the journey a little bit more pleasant. These two friends that we were journeying, they were followers of Jesus. And as they walked, they were talking about the events of that weekend, the brutal murder of Jesus by crucifixion, the empty tomb on that Sunday morning, Peter confirming that the tomb was actually empty. And of course, some women saying that they had seen Jesus alive. Perplexing events, strange events. It had been a very different weekend. When the stranger joins them and hears what the conversation is about, he begins to tell them what the scriptures had to say 
about the coming of Messiah. And it makes sense to these two what the stranger is saying. And before they know it, they arrive at their town. The stranger indicated that he was going to continue on the journey, but it is late. And so they invite him to stay with them. They offer this stranger their home for rest, for refreshment, and for safety. The stranger accepts. They sit down to eat. And the stranger prays. And as he prays and breaks bread, they recognize that the stranger is Jesus. Wow. Have you invited Jesus into your life? They didn't even recognize in the road that it was Jesus. We don't quite know why, but somehow they were so focused on their journey, on their life, on the events, they didn't realize that this stranger was Jesus. Only when they sat down to eat, when they broke bread, then suddenly they realized, wow, this is Jesus. And imagine if they had not made that invitation. Imagine if they had allowed the stranger to continue on his journey. But because they invited this stranger in, it changed their lives. You see, the full revelation of who Jesus was came after they had invited him in. Listen, the full invitation of who Jesus is comes to us still today after we have invited him into our lives. Look, you cannot get the full revelation of who he is just by reading about him or listening to others talk about him or watching movies about his life. You cannot get the full revelation just by hearing about him. All these things will give you information about him. Yes, they will help you to make up your mind about him but will not give you revelation about him. Revelation comes by relationship. Now, you, you know this, I'm sure. It is one thing to hear about certain people, and it's another thing to get to know them personally, isn't it? It is one thing to read a book. It is another thing to read a book written by someone that you know. It just changes things, doesn't it? Now, Jesus, when he came to their town, he could have asked his two disciples if he could stay with them. It was common in those days to accommodate strangers overnight so they would not be in danger by traveling alone at night. But Jesus did not ask. He waited to be invited. He makes his presence felt like he did to these guys. He made his presence felt but he does not impose. And you know what? Today, Jesus is still doing the same. He is God. He makes his presence known to us, but he waits to be invited. He waits to be received. John 1.12 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. So to whom was given the right to become children of God? To those who received him. You see, they had to initiate the act of receiving him. He is there, but he will not impose. He will not push. 
He must be received, invited and received. Listen to the words of Jesus in the book of Revelation. I'm reading from chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. (laughs) You see, there it is again. He makes his presence felt, but he waits to be invited in. You and I have to open the door of our hearts, of our lives, and invite him in. And this is the greatest invitation of our lives because it changes everything. It changes our lives here and now, and it changes our eternity forever. A painter was asked to turn this verse, Revelation 3.20, into a work of art, into a painting. The day came for the painting to be unveiled. The guests marveled at the beautiful work of art. It showed Jesus standing outside a, a stone wall of a home, knocking on a solid wooden door. Beautiful plants and flowers were growing on both sides of the door. Suddenly, an observer remarked, Hey, uh, there is something wrong. There is something missing from that painting. The painter questioned what was missing. The observer said, Hey, there is no handle on that door. How can there be a door with no handle? And, And so the painter replied, Oh, it's very simple. That door is the door of your heart. It only has a handle on the inside because only you can open or close that door. (laughs) What a great illustration, isn't it? Jesus, the Lord of the universe, with all his authority and all his power, will not bash the door of your life to enter in. You must open it, and you must invite him in. Notice that Jesus says, I will come into him and dine with him, And he with me. And this speaks of relationship and of friendship. You don't invite just anyone off the streets to come and and sit at your table and dine with you, do you? Normally, you invite people that you want to get to know, to build a relationship, or people that you already have a relationship with. You invite for relationship. And that is what Jesus wants. Relationship. Christianity is not about religion. It's not about rituals. Christianity is about relationship. We are going to break bread today. Is it just a religious ritual to you? Something you do to be holy, to tick off your religious activities? Or is it a meaningful moment because of the relationship that you have with him? To those two disciples... Breaking bread with Jesus that evening turned their lives around. They realized that Jesus was alive. Hallelujah. You see, the resurrection is the greatest victory of Christianity. Without the resurrection, our whole faith and practice becomes empty and foolish. But the fact That Jesus is alive gives us a clear and sure hope of eternal life with him. Have you invited him in? 
Have you experienced the joy of His presence in your soul, in your spirit? Just like Jesus made the journey with those disciples, Jesus is with us in the journey of life. Sometimes we are aware of His presence, sometimes we are not, but He is always there. Have you invited Jesus to be with, to be with you in the journey of your life? Do you seek His guidance concerning the direction of your life, your choices, your career, your spouse, your relationships? It is so easy these days to leave Jesus out of our lives. We are constantly bombarded with the idea that we can do anything we want, be anything we want to be. If we just say it, think it, cry for it, fight for it, go on strike for it. We are independent and self-sufficient, we are told. We don't need anyone. (laughs) There is a selfishness at the core of much that is presented as human rights or social justice these days. There is a diabolical mindset present in the world to distance people from the God who created us, who loves us, and who wants to be in relationship with us. Yes, mankind can do a lot of things. Why? Because we were created in the image and likeness of God. But mankind still needs a savior. We can't enjoy our lives to the full in this planet without Jesus as our companion. Have you invited Jesus to be with you in the journey of life? Jesus said in John 10, 10 that he came to give life in abundance. Have you invited him in? We read in this passage that the two disciples were in doubt about who Jesus was. Uh, This is what they told Jesus on the road when, when he first approached them. We read this in Luke chapter 24, verse 21. They said, we were hoping that it was he, Jesus, who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, having died and all that, today is the third day since these things happened. So they were becoming hopeless. They were doubting, was he, wasn't he, you know? And this is the response of Jesus, and it's kind of sobering. Verse 25 of Luke 24, Jesus said to them, Oh, foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. And then Jesus began to explain scripture to them. We read in verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. You see, the the Jewish Old Testament uh, is divided a little bit differently than it is in our Bibles. Uh, The Jewish Old Testament starts with the Torah, the the five books of Moses. And then they have the prophets, all the prophets. And then the writings, the Psalms, Proverbs, and all the other books. It's a different order in which the books are. So this scripture is referring to the order in the Jewish Old Testament. Moses prophets, and everything else. So Jesus, in other words, what he's saying over here is that Jesus showed him that in all scripture, 
it's talking about him. It's pointing towards him. It is saying that Jesus systematically went over the books of the Old Testament and showed them the things that were to happen at the coming of Messiah. What is the lesson here? It's this. We should not be ignorant of Scripture so we don't fall into unbelief in the promises of God. Somehow those two disciples were ignorant of some key Scriptures. And this was opening the door for some doubt in their minds. There were promises concerning Jesus, concerning the coming of Jesus, coming of the Messiah. Jesus fulfilled over 300 Old Testament promises in his life on earth. But there are still promises concerning his return. There are still promises concerning the continuation of his ministry. And him establishing his kingdom on earth and we reigning with him. If we are ignorant of scripture, we can also fall into unbelief. Right now, there is so much going on in the world that it is hard to understand and hard to process. Calamities, death, corruption, lawlessness. And if you are not careful, it could overwhelm you. And you could begin doubting the promises. You see, when those two men invited Jesus in, not only did scripture become clear to them, it became alive. All of a sudden they realized they were living a defining moment in the history of mankind. Messiah had arrived and had broken bread with them. From that day, they understood scripture and nothing would cause them to doubt. Have you invited Jesus in? Today, he still wants to open the scripture and teach us. During his last supper, Jesus said that he would not leave us alone. That he would send another helper, the Holy Spirit, to be with us and in us. And this is what the Holy Spirit would do. We read about it in John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Notice that He will teach and bring to remembrance. That means that we must be diligent to hear the Word and read the Word so that it can be in us so that the Holy Spirit can bring it to remembrance. Listen, I've got a confession to make over here. Since my young days, I've had difficulty in memorizing Scripture, okay? And yet, even in those days, in those young days when I was younger, I found out that when I was busy sharing the gospel with friends, or maybe they had questions, doubts, and even opposition to the gospel, and I'd be talking to them, Scripture would come to my mind and I could answer them. As it was needed, it would come to my mind and I would talk about it, mention it, and, and carry on. And this still happens today. Sometimes a verse that I have perhaps long forgotten or have not read it recently will suddenly be there when I need it. What is that? It's the Holy Spirit bringing to remembrance the things that Jesus taught in Scripture. Have you invited him to be the one informing the way that you look at the world? The way that you interpret life's events? Remember that revelation only comes after invitation. 
referring to the hardened hearts of the Jews in the time of Jesus, this is what the Apostle Paul says, 2 Corinthians 3.14. But their minds were blinded, for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament, because the veil was taken away in Christ. You see? Without Christ, there is no revelation. Paul is saying the people in his day, and by extension still today, people were reading the scriptures and making no sense of it because there was a veil. There was no revelation because revelation comes through Jesus. And he says here, the veil is taken away in Christ. When Christ comes in, the veil comes off, and you can see what you couldn't see before. Revelation. Without Christ, there is no revelation. And he repeats this truth in verse 16 of chapter 3 of 2 Corinthians. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, when you invite him in, the veil is taken away. Revelation comes to us. Hallelujah. This was true then, and it is true now. When you turn to the Lord, when you invite him in, the veil is taken away, and Scripture comes alive to you. So, as we prepare to break bread, have you invited him in? I'm going to pause here to give a chance for anyone who may be watching or listening to invite Jesus into your life if you have not done so yet. If that is you, and today you want to invite Jesus into your life, just repeat the simple prayer after me right now. Let's do it right now. Repeat quietly after me in your heart. Dear Lord Jesus, I realize today that I need you. I surrender my life to you. I confess I need you as my Savior. And I accept you today as my Savior and my Lord. Forgive me of my sins, Lord. I surrender my life to you. Amen. Amen. A simple prayer like that is all that it takes to change the course of your life for eternity. And as we continue, I want to speak to believers now. Those of you who have invited Jesus into your life and you trust him as your Savior. Are you inviting him into all areas of your life? Or are you doing parts of your life on your own terms? By yourself, ignoring his word. If that is you, then today as we break bread now, take time to repent. And invite Jesus into those areas of your life where you have not allowed him to be Lord. And if that is you, you know what I'm talking about. Those areas that you think are private or your own. Little habits, little thought patterns, little things that, you know, you kind of keep it to yourself. Thinking, ah, the Lord will understand. Meantime, you know that you're keeping it away from him. It's time to surrender completely. Listen, he knows everything. But he wants you to confess it, to realize it, to say it back to him. And invite him to be Lord of those areas of your life. Amen. Well, the disciples of Jesus invited 
him to stay with him. And we should do the same by our choices, actions, and words. Let's pray. And let's get ready for communion. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for these moments together. And as we prepare our hearts now for communion, we really invite you to be present in a very special way with us. Thank you that you are here, wherever we are, in every home, in wherever people are gathered, whether they are in families or as individuals. Thank you, Lord, that you are with us as we prepare now to break bread together. I trust you have your bread and your juice ready. And we remember what happened that evening when he took the bread, he gave thanks, and he said, take it, eat it. This is my body, broken for you. And then he took the cup, he prayed for it, and invited him to drink the cup of blessing. And again, we do it to remember. Remember what he did. Remember who he is. Remember who he wants to be in our lives. Remember this today. He wants to be with you in your home, in every area of your life. So, Father, we thank you for the bread, which reminds us of your body broken for us, so that we could be made whole. We could be united with you, Father. Thank you for the fruit of the ground, reminding us of what you did for us. Hallelujah. Let's take bread together. Thank you, Lord. And then he took the cup. And the Bible calls this the cup of blessing. Because of his blood shed for us, our sins have been forgiven. And that means we have access to a relationship with him. Do not waste this. Treasure this. Be grateful for this. So, Father, thank you for the fruit of the vine. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the price you paid so that today we can have a relationship with you, with God, and eternal life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Let's enjoy the cup of blessing. Amen. <laughs> well, I trust these moments have been precious to you. I trust this teaching has spoken to you. Continue enjoying this day, this week, and we'll see you next week as we come together again. May the peace of the Lord be with you. Amen.